Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. Megan has been on me to take a look at some other sci-fi series. So she has prevailed and we will take up the 11 episodes, I think, of Firefly. It's a little bit different than uh, anything we've done before. Certainly not MCU, Star Trek, Star Wars, or any of those classic science fiction shows. But we're going to give it a shot. It is uh, Western in Space. So I'm really excited to do this series with her. So today, episode six, our Mrs. Rills. Found this to be a very disturbing episode. And in it, it begins after a, a pretty vicious shootout. There's a big celebration in a settlement where the members of the crew, i.e. Jane, Mal, and um, have killed uh, some robbers around a small settlement. In the celebrations afterwards, somehow Mal inadvertently marries or is told he has married a young woman named Saffron as part of the payment. Uh, although Mal insists they are not married, Saffron is determined to be a very subservient, and I mean very subservient, wife. However, Saffron is not what she appears to be. In a very interesting seduction scene, she gets Mal to kiss her, and she is wearing some sort of knockout something on her lips. This knocks him out. She goes to the bridge and does the same thing with Lance, uh, or rather, she does not kiss Lance, but actually kicks him and knocks him out. And then she sets the serenity on a course where it's going to be uh, trapped or caught by some murderous ship scrapers. She is uh, un unmasked by Inara. They have a, a small fight, and she gets in a shuttle and escapes. And the crew then has to fight the ship scrapers off. So it was a very interesting uh, episode. And now Megan Doherty joins me to discuss it. Uh, Megan, this episode really disturbed me mm -hmm. for about the first half. Then it very much confused me. So maybe you can... Either enlighten me or take me gently by the hand and walk me through these issues and my confusion, and we can reach synthesis at the end. What do you say? That sounds absolutely fantastic. By I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, we can do it if we do it together. <laughs> so once again, the episode opens with just some fantastic action, and it's action wrapped around a wonderfully acted, if I can say the word, cross-dressing scene, if that's still something you can say. they weren't in Florida. Let's <laughs> May have been banned in Florida. Uh, and some fairly humorous commentary around said cross-dressing scene. But a nice little gun battle to start the episode. And then, I love that trope where they've got people hidden in the back of a wagon. And yes. at the appropriate moment they jump out. It's always good. It was. So they kill all the bad guys, and then they go back to the small village or town that they have protected. They kill most of the bad guys, importantly. 
excuse me, most of the bad guys. (laughs) And they go back to celebrate. And boys, party hardy, a little party, a little too hardy, as we find out. And we see some party scenes. And then we're back to the serenity. And you want to pick it up from there. Well, uh, during the party partying, many, many things had occurred. Jane had his heart touched and was given a rain stick, which he promised a treasure for the rest of his days. And Mel danced with a lovely and charming young woman. It seemed like they had a great time. And what did they find when they're packing up to leave on Serenity but a stowaway in, you know, below decks? And the stowaway quickly reveals that she is the wife of one Malcolm Reynolds, to the absolute delight and hilarity of everyone on board except said Malcolm Reynolds. What did you think of kind of her reveal scene? when everyone was learning about the fact that she was his wife, she was on board, they're in space now. (laughs) Well, I guess I was, um, first of all, I never partied partied too much to the point where I got married. So I can't really draw upon any personal experience. I guess I was a little confused or actually probably bemused by Zoe's uh, just guffawedness uh, <laughs> over this. Anara was sort of she one eyebrow mad. raised. <laughs> and she is clearly not happy and she is not bemused or befuddled. And uh, But Zoe is like, oh, looky here. Our Mal got hitched. Isn't that special? Uh, and the woman, Saffron, we find out her name, <laughs> has apparently grown up in this town that they saved, and she is a completely subservient female. Uh, She cooks for him. She cleans for him. She offers to wash his feet. We haven't even gotten to the bedroom scene yet, but we will. And I just found that incredibly disturbing. And part of that is much of the U.S. social and political commentary seems to be a streak of people who want to return to that. The Southern Baptist just defrocked all women pastors I by, at their convention, uh, which I thought was certainly That's uncalled for, <laughs> even for Southern Baptists. And um, so I found all of that very troubling, uh, recognizing the show was 20 years ago. And then um, I think it was at some point, we see the Serenity fly past an asteroid with a camera on it. And the camera is taking pictures of ships that fly by. And the pictures are transmitted to some scavengers who catch ships and then scrape them and break them apart and sell them while killing the crew, as we later find out. Mm-hmm. So after we have that scene, we have the bedroom scene. And in the bedroom scene, Saffron is waiting for Mal, although he has told her several times they're not sleeping together. Well, she makes it clear she wants her wedding night with everything that entails. And she cites biblical verse for that. And she's a very attractive woman. uh, And she is in her birthday suit, uh, at least the camera angle we get, which is fortunately just her back. It was very much like she was in her birthday suit. Yes, yes. Probably um, hinted. <laughs> heavily hinted. <laughs> and at some point, she seduces Mal enough to kiss him. And she somehow has some 
knockout gel on her lips that moment. (laughs) Why don't you walk through what you were sensing from all of that scene? Very, like when I watched it for the first time, I was absolutely taken in just the way everyone else was. And I thought it was just great how Mal had gotten himself into this situation by not paying enough attention to what was going on, by being too hasty, perhaps. I thought Zoe was getting such a kick out of it because I imagine she has been at you know, the pointy end of a lot of barbs about being married during that whole courtship process she would have had with Rosh. I bet she's been waiting years for the chance to dish some of it back out. And then I think I kind of saw that satisfaction in her for finding that so funny. And then kind of the points you were saying that that were so kind of distressing, I found kind of contextually appropriate, just, you know, for the universe that the show is building. I mean, in, in a lot of, of human history, brides have typically been trade goods. And there's nothing, you know, really kind of historically shocking about that. And I think, you know, in the instance of if that is kind of what you're raised to expect your life outcome to be, getting a good one is a pretty great thing <laughs> that you, you may not be counting on. And if it happens, that's that's pretty great. And, uh, you know, the contrast between her and the rest of the crew kind of by extension you know, from this really alien world with very different uh, traditions than what most of the crew had grown up with. The- Contrast was great, and she just made herself really, really appealing. It would be, I think, very hard for someone to resist someone who seemed that open-handed with their feelings and their situation and their wardrobe. <laughs> but, you know, I think it would be hard to resist, even for someone who does have very much the beliefs that, you know, people should be free and make their own choices and, and not be sold, like like Mal. But if someone is that clear and that articulate, as he later says, I don't blame him. But then the reveal... When she stops being meek, submissive wife who wants to do her duty with this great hand she felt she'd been dealt, and she absolutely starts wrecking havoc. I loved it. <laughs> well, that havoc starts with after she kisses Mal and he passes out. She goes to the bridge, and she goes after Wash. Who cannot be and, got. <laughs> and, well, not all the way, but he's thinking about it, believe me. And, uh, I think that's forgivable. I think she put him in a position where it would be very hard not to, but he withstood, and he was good. <laughs> he was kicked in the head, not kissed. And kicked it with a drop kick. So it knocks him out. She sabotages the bridge, nav control, sensors, and then with a magic stick, she welds her doors together. And then she goes down to see Inara. <laughs> Another great moment. And would take on it? Well, um... She clearly is trying to seduce Inara, and it's not clear, because I had to watch it again, how far she succeeds. There's no, obviously no, or there is no physical contact, but she says, I'm the widow of Mal Reynolds, and that very much confused me Mm. at that point, because I thought Mal had been knocked out, not killed. And it was, I think, immediately after she said that, the ship's alarm went off. And we don't know why it went off, if it was a proximity alert or some other automatic alarm. But Inara immediately assesses the situation and recognizes what's happened. And there is a very short struggle. And then Saffron steals the second shuttle, not Inara's. And Inara goes to Mal's orders and... Much like us frogs, we get kissed uh, by a princess. And because she has kissed him on the lips, she passes out. And then uh, 
I guess Zoe goes to the bridge and they break. Jane cuts the doors open and they figure out what's happened. And Anar was able and, to call for help before succumbing right. to. Uh... And the preacher identifies, they find the untoward ship, the scrapers on radar, and the preacher identifies their signature as what he calls a net, but it's some sort of capture mechanism. Once again, why does he know that and no one else? And then in a really cool way, they avoid the net by shooting, and I forgot the gun's name. We didn't even talk about that scene. We've got to talk about that scene. (laughs) Well, uh, let's go back and talk about that scene. Yeah, there's a couple we got to jump into. I want to talk more about the the kind of engagement between Inara and Saffron as well, because I thought that was a fantastically interesting moment. So early on in the episode, Jane brings this fabulous automatic rifle, and uh, it's not clear what he's going to do with it as he cocks it. He looks so serious and so mad. He looks so serious, but... He wants to trade it to Mal for Saffron. And uh, this is this is part of why Mal, I think, did so well in this episode, because he's like, no, you can't trade for a human, even if it's a great gun. I, I love the way he described the gun, just step by step. And it's just like, this is my very favorite gun. And I think <laughs> it was interesting. I think what it indicated to me, though, was that Jane grew up on a planet a lot more like Saffron's, the one they had been on, than the right. others did. And that was, to him, not a repellent idea. He hadn't been raised with the idea that that was in any way wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, obviously it is. But, I mean, if you're brought up to believe something your whole life, yeah, it takes time to get rid of that conditioning (laughs) and those underlying ideas. And, I mean, all he got off that planet was a stick. So he probably felt (laughs) a little hard done by. (laughs) As as he noted. But I just was intrigued by the way they use that gun because they suited up. And what I thought they were going to do was go on a spacewalk mm-hmm. and shoot out the net in from in space. And even then I thought, wait a minute, you can't fire a gun in space because you can't, you've got to have ignition, excuse me, oxygen to ignite the gunpowder to fire the shell or casing. Well, they don't go on a spacewalk. They do open, they pressurize and open a space hatch, but they put the gun inside of a pressurized suit. So clever. <laughs> and I was, I was, I thought that was so cool. Okay. So they shoot the net out. And then they shot out some window or observation port near the pilot of the ship scraper, which depressurizes and blows them out and kills them. That struck me as um, inconsistent with what I had seen from them previously. That seemed to me to be almost revenge. Um, And I wondered why they did that. And the way it was framed in the show was no discussion no, let's take them out. No focus on Jane's face. I'm going to get these bastards. Just two shots to a window, the glass cracks, and you see them blow out the side. So that one's sort of describing because I hadn't really seen anyone do that. Jane has talked in prior episodes about doing some pretty untowards things. Mm-hmm. But, so that part bothered well, I, me. I think that, that you know who these people were in the observation deck kind of comes into play for a bit because they were serial murderers, right? This was a whole right. thing they had set up to have just ship after ship, kill the entire crew, steal everything they had. Taking them out permanently was a good for the entire quadrant. <laughs> and, you Fair know, enough. I've seen more of the episodes, but it seems like that seems kind of, to me, at least logically consistent with how they behave in regards to making the universe a better and safer place from the bad people. So we're going to go back to Saffron and Inara, but I want to set it up mm-hmm. with the question that I have that maybe you can lead me through. I understood 
what Saffron was doing. I understood her role. But what I couldn't figure out was it didn't seem to me that these scrapers had planned to do this to the Serenity. I thought it was going to be a crime of opportunity, and that opportunity was the ship passed their camera, and they decided, oh, let's go after that ship. But having Saffron there, one, indicated some serious planning by the ship scrapers, but having Saffron on the planet in the position where she could claim she was the wife after the gun battle and the party hardy, that seemed to me to be an awful long con and months of planning uh, to get to that point. So can you get me to where I need to be on that? Unless the whole town is in on it. Because I think, looked back a couple of times, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think one of the bandits from the beginning that got away was one of the scrapers. I think the entire town was in on it. I think it's a game they run again and again. They call a passing ship for security help. You've got to help these bandits that have been terrorizing our town. Then they get them really drunk, and then they marry one of them to Saffron, and then they get caught by the scrapers, and the whole thing happens again and again. I think they were all in on it. And then there's one other plot point that came about because of the prior episode about uh, Rivers' ability to read minds, or ESP. Where was River, and why didn't she sense all is not right? That's a good question. This was not a River-centric. I didn't even notice, really, that she wasn't really in the this The reason episode. you didn't notice was because she wasn't. Yeah. She did not have one line. She did not have one scene. Maybe she was having a bad couple of days. Yeah, I guess story-wise, she must have been having a couple of days. I wonder if, I wonder if the actress would be available for filming that day. I think it's because if she had been on scene, given yeah. what we learned in the prior episode, she would have said, Yeah, eh. there would have been no way to retcon that. They had to, yeah. they had to get rid of her. <laughs> no, that's anyway. a good observation. I completely did not notice that. Uh, so it's um, okay. So Anara and Saffron, how did Anara figure it out? I thought this was so interesting because just the, the not quite immediate, because obviously when she, Saffron first came aboard, and I was just like, mm, Mel's got a wife, not into this. Uh, and he didn't notice how unhappy she was about that, I will point out. When, you know, Saffron's escaping and she runs into Anara, not expecting to see her, and she immediately turns on the submissive sexy charm. And Anara immediately starts playing along. And she's like, well, you know, absolutely, I'm into this. Let's go to my shuttle. And that kind of then reveal of, oh, you're good. You're amazing. Who are you? I thought was just really fascinating because they did come from the same roots and ended up going in really different directions. And and her statement later when she's explaining, you know, that, no, this woman, Saffron, has had training, like companion training, like from the academy, that you can't play a player. Uh, was, I, just, I thought it was really interesting. Another kind of little hint at the kind of extent to which companions have training and the ability to psychologically understand and or manipulate the people that they, they work with or encounter. It was interesting to see kind of, you know, Inara applying her trade as a respectable businesswoman and then Saffron using it for crime. <laughs> it's really interesting. But yeah, I just I liked how Inara clocked onto it and then absolutely was completely unwilling to admit that she had kissed Mel and would rather him believe that Saffron took her in too, even though she doesn't think you can be, play a player. Well, before we get to that, okay, the whole town being in on it, there's a movie from my youth where that happened. So I'm in. That's why they're um, oh, we, we can't pay you, so we'll give you this wife. So sorry. But before we get to uh, that last scene with Mal and Saffron, I want to talk about Mal finding Saffron. 
mm-hmm. and that confrontation scene because I almost thought that that was almost gratuitous because if it had been like James T. Kirk or the Starship Enterprise, they would have put out a warning, stay away from this planet, you know, don't companion up with this gal, whatever it is. But he confronts her and he threatens to shoot her, but no, I knew he wasn't going to shoot her. He's not, he's not a cold-blooded killer. And then he gratuitously knocks her out with a punch to the face. I mean, given that her um, skin was poison, yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> so I guess I just thought that whole scene was gratuitous. Was Did you see a reason for that scene? Not so much. I think they were maybe just trying to let Mal get a little bit of his face back. And I mean, obviously they had to retrieve their shuttle. They needed their second shuttle. But yeah, the kind of conversation between them didn't do a whole lot. Dead did definitely establish, though, that, you know, Saffron's still a character in play in the universe. She's still out there, even if her, you know, co-conspirators have been taken off the board. I think it was also interesting to get to see a little more of Saffron kind of in her more natural state. Kind of, we got more than half the episode of her in character. And now we kind of see a little bit more of the, the real, real person on the TV show. But we have to get to the final scene between Mal and Anara. Mm-hmm. And uh, you set it up, but I'm going to re- repeat it because I think do. it airs repeating, which was he confronts Anara and basically says, well, gosh, you passed out too. We're knocked out. You must have kissed her too. And turns around and walks off. Now, we know that is not what happened. Yeah. But is it pride? Is it hubris? Is it fear? Is it What is it that prevents her from telling him the truth? I mean, she was about to, you know, she was just about to before he started getting all, ha ha, I got you, I see through your tricks. I think kind of openly expressing honest interest in Mal would be an act of, it would be a foolhardy act of emotional vulnerability. Uh, I don't think she has any evidence to support that despite this chemistry that's plainly there, that he would be in any way good about it, that he would be cool about it. You know, he's demonstrated again and again and again, he's going to be that jerk. And yeah, I just, I think she can't risk it. I think they've both got enough in their past that, yeah, they can't be that honest with each other, even if the feelings are there, at least not yet. Okay. Well, uh, I feel better about this episode. <laughs> really a lot to unpack though. Yeah. But, you know, with making the whole village or planet or whatever tribe or group that was a part of this, okay, that makes sense <laughs> to me. And that's actually, you know, from movies I've seen. So yeah, that was very cool. So I hope our listeners will join us again. And I'm Tom Fox. I'm Megan Doherty. See you next time. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this initial episode of Firefly and hope you'll join Megan and I for the entire season of Firefly episodes. Yes, 14 episodes over the next seven weeks. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to visiting with you next time.